Tonight we are meeting for the last time in this calendar year, 2016. The last meeting in an arbitrarily set scale of time, of accounting for time. Of course, reminds us of our investigation into what time is, what the self is, and how we can use these constructs, these abstractions, like time and space, like all kinds of thoughts and concepts, how we can use them in a skillful way so that they don't turn into a prison, into limitations that we, by our own will, inflict on ourselves. When we sit down in Zazen, we do what the Buddha did. We follow what Siddhartha Gautama did a long time ago when he decided that all the practices he had tried before, asceticism, this kind of meditation, that kind of yoga, all of that, when he saw that it didn't work, he gathered all his strength, all his determination, and he sat down under a tree and he made the vow to himself, I will not get up. Come whatever may come, I will not get up before I get to the bottom of this. It is quite inspirational to know that the Buddha did that and it is also quite telling that we can try this out ourselves. And that way we learn what true determination is and how difficult it is to actually follow through. It's not something that I would recommend in general because meditation, Zen practice, the investigation of the self, the investigation of what all of this is about is not an athletic endeavor. Insight, awakening cannot be forced. The Buddha was ready he had practiced many years with many different techniques and practices. And he had that burning desire to really find out what is it that it's all behind of this here. Finding the right balance between determination, between strength and when it is time to give space, to give time and to let go, to let loose and not to overly force ourselves, that is an ability that we learn through practice. 
by testing ourselves, by testing our resolve, by meeting ourselves and all those thoughts, all those feelings, all those experiences that make up this collection of our identity. By doing that over and over again, we learn how to balance it appropriately, not only on the cushion, but also in our everyday life in the encounters we have with other human beings, we have with things that we call insentient things, objects, but in general with everything there is. I started out speaking about this year and that this is the last meeting. So already here, using the concept of time, put specific abstract thinking, abstract concepts into play. Zen practice and Zen is about the way of life and the experience that happens without these concepts. Now this moment which is ever-changing but which nonetheless is always present. This is something that is beyond measurement, beyond judgment. So when we sit down and we meet ourselves sitting in the zazen posture, our mind and our attention meet in a different way than in everyday life, in a different way than we might have anticipated. Sensations flood our consciousness this hurts, that hurts, thoughts and regrets. I don't want to be here. What am I doing here? I could be somewhere else. Or flashbacks to what we had experienced in the past. The whole collection, as I said, of experiences, feelings, that make up what we carry around as our identity. Over time, by seeing through one of these contributing concepts, experiences, we'll be able to become freer and let our understanding of who we are spring forth from the very moment in which we are, not based upon that what we see as our history, free from the limitations that we impose on ourselves by taking on a specific identity. And one of the really surprising but profound teachings and 
findings in this kind of practice is that when we sit down, it is not about the places in which we are strong. It is quite the opposite. We have to meet and engage with the places in our own life in which we feel that we are weak. The things we are not good at, the things we rather not talk about, the places in the, in the dark recesses of our internal dialogue and life that we rather leave in the dark. Coming to the point that we see that where we are strong, there we are strong already, but that the most development, the deepest maturation happens in the places that we tend to avoid. Going to those places takes courage. It takes determination. On the other hand, as already said, it cannot be achieved in a forceful way. Opening up ourselves to our own demons, let's call them demons, to our own failings, or to the thoughts that tell us that we are not good enough, we are to this, we are not enough that, is an important process in the meditation, in the practice. Becoming familiar with it at first, not looking away, not running away from where we are. Meeting the physical sensations of our sitting, feeling how a sensation by paying attention to it and by developing aversion to it turns into pain. And how that pain instantly disappears when the bell rings. It is quite interesting to do this. Now, one word of caution. All of this you might take from a kind of psychological point of view. This is much more than psychology. Psychology is the mechanics of a psyche that is based upon the unconditional affirmation of an ego entity, of a personality, of an identity. Buddhist practice and Zen as a Buddhist practice is geared to actually completely obliterate, to uproot that agency that creates this I am, this ego, this individuality. That's why we sit here pretty much all wearing similar robes. That's why monks cut their hair off. 
That's why we get up at the same time. If we live in a monastery or in a training center, we eat the same food, we chant the same sutras, we get up at the same time, we walk in step. All of that geared towards addressing that supremacy of the agency that we call ego. We have come to a point where it's completely possible and where we actually do it like Siddhartha Gautama did it, that we completely uproot that agency, that ego. And then comes the next surprising thing. Of course, the ego is not something that is artificial. It is a natural occurrence. So a new kind of self comes out of that. And in that way, over and over, we let go of our old self and we make room for a new self to appear. It's a process of dying and being born dying and being born over and over again. What are the benefits? Mm, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication. But once we taste the freshness of the moment that is unencumbered, that is unfettered, without all that baggage, all the cultural assumptions, all the concepts of time and space. Once we taste that and once we get strong enough to live in it and not feel lost, to be comfortable with not knowing, once we get there, a completely different way of life begins. Even though some of us might be on this journey for decades, we call ourselves beginners in the same way that every moment could be our last moment. Every moment is an end to something. Every moment at the same time is the present and the beginning all together. And as a Zen practitioner, eventually we awaken to that. And then we can understand, know, see what the historical Buddha experienced. So returning to the concept of the year, I want to thank you for continuing to come here, to sit with us, to share your time, to share your life with our fellow practitioners here. It is quite an extraordinary thing to have a place, to have a group, to have a teaching like this and even more extraordinary is the fact that we are human beings 
who have the capacity to turn the light shining back on themselves and to clearly have the capability to investigate our self-nature. I look forward to next year. It will be a year of all kinds of things to happen, of course. And if there is such a thing as wishing somebody well, I wish you well for that coming year. And I wish this group well, that the Sangha may grow, that the members be fulfilled with the benefits that they reap from their engagement in this practice. So thank you and I wish you all the best.